Today's guest is Lisa Spears, and she describes herself as a midlife enthusiast, which no surprises. I love that term. And her journey is one that many of us can relate to. So as she was turning 50 a couple of years ago, she realized that she had lost a bit of herself along the way through life and decided she was not going to find herself at 60 years old, not doing some of the things she wanted to do. So she got started. And in that journey, we, we discuss, well, first off, how comfortable are you in your comfort zone? We talk about getting past fears and pursuing excitement. We talk about refining yourself, putting yourself on the list, and focusing on small changes. And I'm afraid this summary doesn't really do the episode justice because this episode really resonated deeply with me. I got a lot out of this conversation. In fact, particularly as I was going back through and re-listening to it, there's just so much good stuff here. And so I think you will find it hits home for you as well. You can find out more about Lisa at uh, idopart2.com, and she talks about that in the episode. And before I get started, I just want to give a big thanks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this episode, all these episodes with your friends, with your family. You know, we now have listeners in 59 countries and continue to grow but it's primarily from word of mouth. Don't really do any advertising. So please keep sharing episodes that you love with your friends. And if you did enjoy this episode, if you do are enjoying the podcast, please leave a quick review. And I know there's a lot of different ways to do that and it can be kind of cumbersome. So I've tried to simplify it as much as I can. If you go to just www.lovethepodcast.com forward slash midlife mastery. So lovethepodcast.com slash midlife mastery and leave a review there. And that site makes it really simple and really easy. And by leaving a review, it lets me know what you really enjoy about the show. So I can keep improving it, making it more valuable for you. And it helps others learn about the show. So more people can benefit from it and find their own path to creating that phenomenal midlife. So are you ready to play bigger? Are you ready to think about how do we create this phenomenal midlife? And really the title of this episode is what are you waiting for? Let's get started. Lisa, and actually I know you originally from just your handle on Instagram, which is I do part two. Yes. And so quick introduction, who are you and what is <laughs> I do part two about? All right. Thank you. You know, especially by midlife, we all have so many chapters that we've gone through. And so I do part two seem like a natural progression. And I'm at this point in my life, a midlife enthusiast. And my name is Lisa Spears. And I have three children who are all growing and moving out of the house, except my old has autism and he is extremely independent. And he works at a car dealership five days a week five mornings a week and has lots of activities, but he's still living at home. And that was made abundantly clear during COVID that that's the right decision for now. And so we'll continue to look at different things for him, but I have two other kids in college. And at this point in my life, it was time to get over my fear of putting my writing out there and putting some thoughts out there and, I just really wanted to get started blogging. I'd been wanting to do it for 12 years. I'd put it off for a while. <laughs> just a little bit. So yes. tell us tell us a little bit about that. Because, I, I mean, there's been lots of things in my life that 
you know, yeah, it took a while for me to get to like, it had been stewing for a bit and right. a bit and a bit. And then finally, finally did it. And of course, you know, many times once you do something, it's like, oh, well, that wasn't so hard. What, what took me so long? That's fun. Don't know if you experienced that, but tell us about this. So over a decade between like, hey, I should start a blog and starting a blog. What, what was that journey like for you? Well, it really started 12, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, it started, I wanted to write something that could get published in a magazine, like an actual paper magazine. And in those days, I mean, I literally went to the library to figure out how to do that. And it said that you could not be published unless you were published. Well, a lot of people at the time took an extra step and realized that this blogging world was starting about 12, 15 years ago. But for me, I had a fear of the technology, trying to overcome the technology. It wasn't as easy back in the day and as it is today just to get on Facebook and start sharing your thoughts. That's not how it was. And so there was a fear, tech, a fear of technology. There was a fear of putting myself out there. There was a fear of, is my writing good enough? And finally at 50, which was now two and a half years ago, I thought it, I am not going to be sitting here at 60 and haven't done some of these things that I want to do blogging, which was one of them. And at the time my son was graduating from high school and I was sitting around with a bunch of great moms and we were talking about, you know, our, our fears going forward and the things that we were really excited about. And that is what I wanted to write about. I wanted to find out what people were doing to really rock this time in their life and really keep moving toward their purpose. And so that's really kind of how I overcame. I just started in very small incremental steps. I started researching and started writing and little by little, I kind of found my voice, which I'm still working on. I think we're always still trying to find our voice. And as far as finding my purpose, one of the things I've found in the last couple of years is that's that's a lot of pressure on people. Some people find that as a lot of pressure to find their purpose. And so I like to say that I'm moving toward my purpose. There's parts of my purpose that I feel really comfortable with. I would love to serve in a capacity that I could share some of the things I've learned along the way in my marriage, in my life, raising my kids. And if that wisdom is a service to others, that's wonderful. But I think there's so much more. And so I don't know that I've necessarily found my purpose, but I definitely feel like I'm so much more in sync with where I would like to be. When you talk about finding purpose, you know, um, I, you know, I think a, a lot of us do get stuck there. And, and I've heard others give the advice to, you know, don't worry about your purpose, just be purposeful, act with mm-hmm. purpose. And, you know, obviously you you did that. You you started started the blog, started writing, started putting yourself out there. Now for for you, what what helped with that transition? I mean, what could others learn from you or what advice could you give to others who are, whether it's blogging and writing or starting a business or just being out there more socially or starting a new hobby or, you know, whatever it is that is kind of in their brain, but they're nervous about doing it. What did you learn that you could share with them? 
I think one of the biggest things that I learned is that the people that, I mean, if you're afraid of, of failure, then I imagine you're afraid of what other people are going to think. And when you're getting started on something, there's not a ton of people in your audience, for one. You actually have a lot of room to, to move and pivot and make changes. And also, if you're a beginner, you're not supposed to know how to do something. I mean, if we, if we put it in a mindset of how we think about our children, we wouldn't expect to put them on a bike and that they can simply take off and do that. I know some kids can, but for the most part, they can't. And so you need to start out small. You need support. I have found reaching out to people in the community, in the writing community, blogging community, podcast community have been incredibly supportive and almost always willing to help. And some going above and beyond as far as some of the how-to advice Honestly, whether you are fixing your vacuum cleaner or starting a blog, almost everything is available on YouTube. And so you just have to put your own unique spin on it. And, you know, if you want to get back to playing the piano again, are you taking lessons? I mean, sometimes it's just the simplest, you know, things. And, you know, I have a friend that, that wanted to be a fitness instructor. Well, first she got really good at what classes that she was interested in doing. And it actually, with her having that intention, and it's kind of been the same for me, her intention to do that attracted the attention of the owners. And it's all working itself out for her to intern and, and begin, begin that process. So I just think you need to take small steps. And often with anything that you're trying, you can actually back up, you can back up the idea um, of all the different pieces that need to happen in order to, to get to point B. And, and, and different people can help you do that. You can brainstorm with friends. You can brainstorm with your spouse. You could reach out to someone in a similar um, industry, but there's just a lot of help. And this is the information age. There's so much information available to help us. Yeah, there's a lot of truth there. YouTube is, I agree, is absolutely wonderful. It has not failed me, whether it's replacing a starter on my wife's truck, rebuilding a cell phone, whatever it is, there is a video out there for it. So a couple of things struck me. You know, Some of the advice, I, I didn't get it directly, but I heard someone say this. And they were talking about podcasting. I found this helpful, but it would, I think it would apply to any creative endeavor where you're kind of putting yourself out there in the world. And he, the person had said that, you know, if when you look back, you're not embarrassed by your first work, you waited too long to get started. Yes, I've heard something similar along those lines. And, you know, and I recently heard someone say, you know, there's everybody talks about getting out of your comfort zone. And then someone took it a step further and said, how comfortable are you in your comfort zone? Okay. Well, I wasn't very comfortable. You know, I knew something was missing in my life and I felt like what is happening? I have a pretty awesome relationship with my husband. My kids are doing great. And I 
just feel like something's missing. And I felt like that for years. I mean, I talk about, you know, putting off blogging for 12 years, you know, in that time period, you know, I was volunteering, I was doing all these different things. I was busy. I was not just sitting around and anybody that has one child or three or six or whatever is busy. And so I was always busy, but I didn't feel completely fulfilled. And one of the things that I really encourage young men and women to do is really be intentional. If they're in a career or you're, you know, you're married and in a career working inside the house, outside the home, but you're just feeling like you're missing something, really sit back and think about it. You know, I didn't do that because. I just felt like I have everything I need. Why am I not happy? But I did, I, I made the mistake that I made was so simple. I wish I would have thought about it. I stopped doing anything that Lisa used to, you know, like to do. I mean, I kind of lost Lisa along the way. You know, I, I skied in high school. I stopped skiing. I used to write and journal. I stopped doing that. There were just a lot of things that I kind of put off to the wayside while raising kids. And I don't think maybe I couldn't have done what I'm doing now with lots of kids under tow. I know some people do it and I admire them for doing that, but I certainly could have done a piece of it. I could have kept writing. And certainly by the time Facebook and MySpace became a thing, you know, I could have started putting my work out there, but it was the fear that it held me back. And so I just really encourage you, if you feel like you're missing something, whether it's working out or bike riding or horseback riding or whatever it is to try to get back to that piece of you, because what's going to happen is as you feel better about yourself, all these other parts of your life are going to start to blossom. And that's probably one of the biggest benefits that my husband and I have seen. And he said, gosh, I feel really bad. I, he never stopped me from doing anything and he always encouraged me, but I didn't really think about what was missing with any real intentional, as far as being very intentional about it. And so that's probably one of the biggest benefits is that by me feeling better, you know, there's just has exponential benefits to our marriage. If, if everybody feels better about themselves. A few minutes ago, you had mentioned being a midlife enthusiast and I love that. And so tell us more about that. What, What does that mean for you to be a midlife enthusiast? It really means trying new things and really, you know, as we said, stepping out of your comfort zone. But I really, when I hit 50, it was just like, what am I waiting for? And so, you know, my husband had said, gosh, you know, one of the things we really do together was ski. And I would love it if you would get back to snow skiing. Well, it takes a lot of strength, (laughs) flexibility, energy, endurance to snow ski. And I had kind of let it go for 20 years, even though it had been part of my entire childhood up through college. And so, you know, I've had to work on getting back in shape to do that and just kind of really intentionally going after some of these things. Obviously, in the last couple of years, I haven't done a lot of traveling, but travel was something I used to do. And so I really made 
an intentional point of going on some really neat trips that I've wanted to go one with my daughter and a couple with my husband. And so just trying to get back to some of those things that really make you feel alive and really working on staying in touch with friends, old and new. I mean, one of the biggest benefits about blogging has been getting to know people from all over the country and even a few from across the pond. So it's just been, it's been a fantastic journey. And I'm just really trying to say yes to things I really want to do that I feel are interesting and give me, you know, and are energizing and then say no to some of the things that have kind of weighed me down over the years. You know, I love the the practicality and the simplicity of it, of just, just what you're talking about there, Lisa, you know, the, the idea that, yeah, over time, I suspect many of us feel this, we, we either consciously put set things aside or uh, probably even more often, they just kind of fall by the wayside. You know, we just do it less and less and less, and then we just don't do it anymore. And we, we kind of forget about those pieces and also don't realize that at any moment, we, we can remember them, we can go back to them, or we can find something something new that fits. That's such a simple thing to do. And that's not necessarily an easy thing to do, because like you mentioned, get back to snow skiing, there's, you know, many things that you had to do to get to where you're feeling comfortable getting back on, on the ski slopes. But, you know, just just that approach of kind of thinking about what is it that really lit you up? You know, what what is it that you really enjoyed? And it, you don't have to return to your life when you were 20, but there are pieces of it that maybe you can connect back to. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, just starting small. Now I I'm putting words in your mouth at this point. So tell me if I'm off here, but you know, we, we don't have to overhaul our entire life at once from, from what you're saying is, you know, we can find those little pieces and we don't have to become pro blogger on day one. You know, we can just start the little snippets and, and build from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I would really encourage anyone who's listening and wants to try something, you know, go after the lowest hanging fruit. You know, what is something that maybe it's just working out more consistently? Maybe it's just eating more healthy because now you've turned 40 and over and you know that you shouldn't be eating as much, you know, white sugar and white carbs. Maybe you have been trying to be more consistent on having, you know, journaling, whatever it is, I think just starting with small implementing it into your daily routine. And when things start no longer serving you move on. But what I have found and what I kind of lights me up and where this midlife enthusiast comes from is as I've started walking this path and gone through you know, one door, so to speak, two or three doors have opened for me and things that I never thought of. I mean, some of the things that I'm looking forward to doing in 2022, I won't, you know, have, I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have visualized that I would be doing. So I'm just really looking forward to where the next chapter takes me and, I'm just open to lots of different ideas. Yeah, that's a that's a a neat part that we often forget that just, you know, action begets action, momentum begets momentum. Just the you, once you start, you don't necessarily know where it goes, but until you start, you're not going anywhere. 
Exactly. So let's talk a little bit. You had mentioned just the idea that once you started, you mentioned being uncomfortable with your comfort zone. And once you started looking for, for those things that are fulfilling, it started to, to affect you. You know, you, you started showing up differently. It sounds like your husband noticed you showing up differently. I'm assuming that affected the relationship in a positive way. And I know one of the things that you write about is kind of this midlife marriage piece. And so what are some of the things that you've learned or some of the advice you can give for those who are, you know, well, like the listeners here in midlife and, you know, married? Exactly. Well, first of all, I, I really need to give credit to my husband because he kind of started this journey before I did in terms of, you know, looking inward and I saw the, how enthusiastic he got about life and different things. And I've kind of came along and that is what a licensed therapist will probably tell you is that you can't change the other person. You start changing yourself and, and someone's either going to really like what they see and they're going to want to come along or not. And that's a whole nother conversation to have. But I think that what I've, what I am really seeing with couples who are, are willing to share what they're going through is a lot of couples have not talked in a long time about everything, everything from how they can meet each other's needs to finances, to division of labor, to what they really want to do for fun. I mean, they've just kind of stopped talking, not everyone, but this is, these are the couples that I'm hearing from. And one of the challenges my husband and I ran into when the kids were toddlers. So this is about this is about 15 years ago is we kind of hit this point where we were going through the motions. We were, you know, you're, you're busy with three little kids, one who has autism, you know, or getting up, making breakfast, running them to all their different places. And so that at that time, I really credit my husband because he sat down and said, we need to do something different. He said, we need help. (laughs) And so it started us on this journey. And I have to tell you the way that I was raised, I was really uncomfortable going to a counselor. I think that a lot of us in the Gen X generation, it's just not something our parents did. It wasn't something I was comfortable with, but I highly recommend it. And we continue to both see counselors just, just to, just for maintenance but it's sure nice when when life throws you a curveball to have somebody already, you know, in your corner to talk to. So I highly recommend that. I think that couples can sit down and be very intentional about what they want their midlife to look like. I mean, goodness, if you're 50 years old, there is a darn good chance that you're going to be alive for another 40 to 50 years. What do you want that to look like? And so those are some of the conversations that we've had. And part of that is my husband wants me to be snow skiing with him through with my 80s. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but gosh, I'm going to try, you know, I'm really going to, you know, really going to try. And, and then I want him to go hiking with me, which he does. And there's different things. And I've even started to play golf. I know there's a lot of women joke about, you know, whether to play golf or not, but I really come to enjoy you know, nine holes of golf with friends and then dinner. So I think 
really talking about these different things. And but one of the first things that people need to do if they haven't already is start putting themselves on the list because you can't change your partner, but you can change yourself. And so start focusing on the things that you feel that would make you feel better and, and go from there. I think that's an important place to start. You highlight something that I suspect is, is very common. You know, just you, you'd mentioned that oftentimes we, not that we stop talking to our partner, but we talk about different things. I mean, I just think back before before my wife and I had kids, it was and we were young, and it was about kind of dreams and future and what's this going to look like. And after a few years, it becomes very tactical conversations, like you know, who's got which kid, who's watching what, you know, who's got dinner, who's you know, just getting through life conversations. And those are important because you know you need to keep the children alive, you need to make sure there's food in the fridge and all that, but we can drift away from kind of those bigger picture conversations that that you're talking about and and even just get out of the habit of those or forget, like you say, that, you know, odds are hopefully good. We're looking at another 40 years here. And so what's that going to look like? Because, you know, 40 years ago, we were talking very big picture. We were dreaming. We were, you know, kind of planning together and those things. And so anyway, I'm just kind of, just kind of thinking about what, what you had said there. And that makes a, a lot of sense to me. And, and you'd also mentioned just putting yourself on the list, not worrying about changing your spouse or partner, uh, but really just kind of focusing on yourself. And so for, for you, I know you, it sounds like it started with, with kind of the blogging piece, but what were some other pieces for yourself when you started putting yourself on the list that kind of just came into place for you? Well, they're coming into place. I, yeah, I, am, I am a work in progress. Probably the the one that's been the most sticky is being consistent on moving. I don't even want to say working out, but having a consistent practice, a consistent routine. And I used to look at working out as an ends to a means. But now I look at it as it's really a lifestyle. I mean, if, if, if I hadn't, and I didn't have a consistent way of staying fit at 50, I am going to need it going forward. And, you know, we kind of all can look toward our parents if they're still living and what they're dealing with. And so the quicker that we can get on it and be more consistent, whether we're just walking or lifting weights or whatever it is we're doing. So that's one area that by kind of moving and getting excited about life again, and all these other different things, that's one area being willing to go golfing, skiing, being willing to go on a podcast, all these different, you know, all these different things that open doors. And just with each little thing, it builds a little more confidence, even though maybe I'm trying something new, but I have a little bit more of a foundation behind me. One of the things, so, I mean, I, and I'm, no, I'm kind of going from topic to topic here, but you you know, so, so we talk about marriage and midlife and also just kind of stepping, stepping out a little bit, you know, putting yourself on the list, exploring those things that are important to you. Well, one of the reasons that we tend to have more time to do that or more space to do that is, you know, if we have kids, it's, we're kind of at the age where they're 
if not out of the house, are pretty independent and don't require as much from us. For for you, what have you discovered about kind of that shift to empty nest or mostly empty nest? Well, I'll tell you, probably one of the biggest things that has helped me, and I highly recommend this if someone has their oldest, or I mean their youngest in high school, you know, kind of age, is getting started on whatever it is on the path, at least on the path prior to your youngest leaving the house. And my mom's 81. She's still in real estate. And she just says, well, they keep calling. So I keep renewing my license. Anyway, she's been rocking real estate for like 40 years. And with six kids, <laughs> she's a pretty amazing lady. But anyhow, a few years before my youngest graduated from high school, she said, you know, have you thought about what you're going to do? And I said, well, I've been thinking about this writing thing. And she's like, well, whatever it is, get started before Kate is her name, get started before Kate graduates. And that's what I did. I spent a year though in, in the prep mode before I started. And but that was great because from the moment they left, I had a whole new network of people to talk to. I had a whole new routine to go after. I had all these different things. And so that's my biggest recommendation is at least start the research on whatever it is, because you may start in one area and go in a completely different direction, but start if you can before your kids leave the nest. And if not, it's never too late. You know, we often define ourselves through other people, you know, so our parent or spouse, you know, whatever. How have you noticed how you define yourself changing as you're becoming a midlife enthusiast and your kids are leaving? How do you find yourself thinking about yourself differently than maybe you did four or five years ago? That's a great question. I think a lot of women, I can only speak for women, and maybe it's just all Gen Xers, but you know, I grew up kind of living life within the lines. You know, I was one of six kids, certain things were expected of me. I kind of played the good girl and just walked a straight line. And so anything that was a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit out of the comfort zone was really hard for me to make that leap. And I just work really hard to look at what I would like to do. And it just isn't as scary as it used to be. I just take small steps along the way. You know, I, I am out in, in Nike country and there's just do it billboards all over the place, but I, I haven't just done it. I've just taken one step at a time and I'm moving quicker and being more consistent on my journey. And it's, it's easier as we, as we talked about, as you go down the path and different doors open, you have more confidence to walk through the next door. Well, as we start to, to wrap up here, Lisa, so you mentioned that things are opening up that you wouldn't have expected even a couple of years ago. So what are some of the things that you're looking forward to in 2022? I Well, I'm looking forward to doing more live interviews. There's some speaking engagements that are coming up that are possibly live, but maybe, maybe online. And so that's something that's kind of secondary to the blogging. So I wouldn't have expected you know, that to happen. There'll be more travel in 2022. So I'm just really excited about 
about the future and and what it holds. And I'm not as hindered by my fear as I have been in the past. That's the biggest, that's the biggest part. Love that. Love that. That's a great place to be. So where can people find you, Lisa, if they want to, you know, read some of your writing, learn more about you, keep up with your journeys? Absolutely. You can find me at idopart2.com, I-D-O-P-A-R-T-T-W-O, not it's all spelled out.com. And that can take you to my Instagram handle, Facebook handle, and provide lots of information. And I'm open to having writers submit articles. As you'll see, there's, it's a collaborative blog and, and that's really where I'm at. I think that the future for all of us, like we're doing today is, is collaborating. So I'm totally open to accepting writing proposals. Oh, fantastic. And I, and I agree. I firmly believe, you know, what rising tide raises all ships, you know, that collaboration piece, just, we, we only get better from it. Brock, thank you so much. This has been really fun. I really appreciate it.